Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Fun Zone Film Podcast. My name is Scott Morris, and I'm joined today by Drew Dumdale. Hello there. And it is coming up rapidly to the year's end, so we thought we'd have a bit of a look back over uh, basically everything since the last time we did one of these, which is basically this year plus maybe a couple of weeks. <laughs> now, I suppose we should get the standard disclaimers out of the way, and it's uh, the one we've made for every one of these that we've recorded, except it's getting progressively worse each time. Not seen anything like as many films that came out this year as I would have ideally liked to. I think my list of things I saw was around about 40, and uh, the things I would have liked to have seen given the opportunities about another 200. Um, so, so, yeah, not a great list. Um, any, There's probably some very major omissions. Um, I've not actually done a lot of checking with uh, our contemporaries and film Twitter and all that to see what the the generally regarded best things of the year as well. I'm certain I've missed out a fair old chunk of them. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just deal with what we've got. Yes, um, in short, I've seen Sodol. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for various life reasons. Um, but I've still seen some things I've liked, so there's that. I'm guessing that's fine. Yes. I've also seen some things I didn't like that I'm less happy about. Yes. <laughs> Shall we just kick on in with some of the things we liked an awful lot? Uh, Drew, what would be your pick for topness of this year? Yeah, well, this is actually quite easy. Going through list of things I've seen this year. I'm mean, uh, sort of cooler on rating systems than I have been in the past, but to give a general idea you know, of like a, of like five star, four star films, I've actually seen one film this year that I would have rated five stars. A whole hmm. bunch, four, that right. I really enjoyed, but there's been one thing or other I've not been particularly fond of. Uh, only one five star film, and that's Pedro Almodovar's Pain and Glory. Hmm. Beautiful, touching, charming film. Uh, career best performance from Antonio Banderas. As beautiful and colourful as you'd expect an Almodovar film to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, just frankly a cinematic delight. It's just a, a beautiful film and I'm very, very glad I saw it. Mm, good stuff. I'm not so sure I could pick one classic for the ages out of what I've got here, but uh, yourself, there's a lot of films that I did really like. Um, I'm... I will give a asterixy type mention to something that we've mentioned in some previous podcasts as well, but um, Roma snuck out at the tail end of 2018 after we'd recorded our best of 2018 episodes. And um, yeah, had we <laughs> had I seen it before we recorded that, then it would definitely have been there. So I suppose it should deserve some kind of mention in the best of podcast. I feel like I'm just writing a wrong with that, but Roma's obviously incredibly good. Yes, uh, um, I hadn't actually considered that it was after that. Um, I think I hadn't seen it until um, a wee bit after you anyway but yes mm-hmm. that's fantastic that would have been up there as well yeah as of the sort of unarguably 2019-ish uh, films I suppose I would go perhaps with the let's see the favourite might be one of the more obvious ones out of this this look the from the again it would have been 2018 for a lot of other people but uh, came out here really early 2019 probably the 1st of January I think it was uh, Yorgos Lanthimos's, um quirky period drama which um, really satisfied and was very funny in a way that uh, his other works perhaps haven't. Uh, not a huge fan of The Lobster but yeah, the, uh, the favourite was uh, pretty great for me. Um, it's Some people it will bounce off of, I can quite clearly understand that, but it happened to be right up my alley. Um, some great performances, very funny film and I liked that an awful lot. Excellent. Uh, I still haven't gone around to watching that yet, which is... You think if you did a film podcast as a hobby and love cinema, you'd maybe watch <laughs> some more films. Somehow I've contrived to not do that. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know the feeling. Sometimes the investment seems like it's, uh, it's too much. It's almost like you don't want to be disappointed. I've been disappointed so much by so many things. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's see what else would I pick that really kind of floated my boat this year. Okay, I'll go with this. This is a uh, the twenty eighteen film by production date. It didn't come out here till I think April. Mm-hmm. Um, bar a couple of film festivals. An Italian film we covered a couple months ago called Lazaro Felice or mm. Happy as Lazaro, yes. which isn't really about anything. <laughs> yes. We certainly turn a lot of people off, but I found it really quite lovely. Um, I'm not quite sure in what way, though. It's uh, sort of <laughs> almost, hip- well, not hypnotic, but kind of trancy in a way. Uh, quite odd, but just really engaging. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not really about anything. It's not got a strong story. It's like it's weird, but I just found it really, really well, not like a lot of films I've seen and really interesting. Yeah. It's like a really peculiar fairy tale thing about a, or sort of character study, except it's not really about the main character. It's about the people he bounces off. And it's, yeah, it's very strange, but it, it somehow works almost in spite of itself. Yeah. yeah a lot of and, enjoyment. And also based on a true story of. This horrible woman who kept people basically as wage slaves yeah, yeah. after that was outlawed <laughs> and um, they were somehow cut off from the entire outside world. So, and <laughs> so that sounds like it should be horrendous, uh, but it's almost like more of a catalyst for what happens to characters later rather than what the story's about. It's yeah. just, like, that would be a very fine story in its own because it's such a horrendous thing that happened. Yes. Um, and they so in this kind of weird, kind of magical reality it's just a catalyst it's mm-hmm. very odd. yes uh, very interesting film absolutely not going to be everybody's cup of tea but mm-hmm. uh, if you're looking for something a bit different I think that's worth checking out absolutely I uh, won't spend too much talking about this because we just had a, a whole episode on, on it but um, it'd be foolish not to recognise The Irishman as being one of the top tier films of the year um, some quality Scorsese stuff there and uh, yes well worth a look in if you haven't done so already Yep, uh, yeah, for the same reason we've just talked about it um, in a podcast that would have um, been received in your place about two days ago, so <laughs> probably um, less said about that, the better for now. What else would I like to mention just now? I think probably Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, I just, I didn't have the same issues you did at the end with the violence against women, because I also, <laughs> after you we'd talked about that, it occurred to me, well, no, it's not just um, violence against women, because... One of the major bits of violence earlier is when Brad Pitt's kicking all um, kinds of crap out of a um, long-haired hippie guy. So it actually balances out quite well, I think, in the end. Uh, yeah. I just... I, I'm i still left with the question of why. Why? Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, the upside is, because I always thought it was rather sad that, that until probably this film, for so many people, Sharon Tate was known as a murder victim rather mm. than a human being. And... In a way, I guess the film changes that a little. It's still, it's a very well made film, very well acted. It's very, very entertaining, as I find most of Tarantino's stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's once again, it's just, it's just the why. I haven't worked out yeah. the why. Why <laughs> that person in that time? Yeah. And the, the film is very entertaining. That's great. But why? <laughs> yeah. I have the same issues. Um with it really but um, it still would have been one of the films I'd be talking about if, if not my next pick it would have been the one after it so yeah still, still a very well made and very enjoyable film and uh, yeah it's uh, good to see Tarantino still ploughing his trade uh, you know, some could argue there's a lot of identical films uh, coming out and this Tarantino still definitely knows how to make something that's a bit individual so yes uh, I certainly enjoyed it 
In terms of just sheer enjoyment value, uh, Dolomite is my name. Uh, was a hell of a lot of fun. The tail black exploitation with a, a return to form of Eddie Murphy, which is something that seems to be said an awful lot, but is actually true this time. Uh, yeah, terrific stuff. Uh, really enjoyable little film, and uh, well worth taking a look at. Yeah. I mean, it could be argued. I've seen uh, some people that, for instance, follow us have made this point. It's, like, it's kind of a fairly typical local boy done good sort of tale, yeah. which is not inaccurate, but it doesn't stop it being very entertaining. Exactly. And again, well acted, well made. So you don't have to have a particularly original idea. Just do it very well, Yeah. which this film does. So yeah, perfect, very entertaining film. Well, I'm not doing these in any particular order, Scott, beyond... Pain and Glory. I'm just. I've got a, a short list, and I'm just sort of picking them at random. Yeah, much the same. Uh, uh, okay, I'll go for Grasa Dieu. Uh, by the grace of God, most recent film from Francois Zon, mm-hmm. which is it's a film about the Catholic clergy abuse scandal. This time in France, in Lyon in particular, mm-hmm. it is a film that ought to be really harrowing, yet isn't. It's. Uh, <laughs> Very straightforward for Ozone, doesn't have a lot of his general stylings, um, genre switching, that sort of thing. And actually that works quite well, because it, it's played straighter and that suits the, the material, even if it's, you might question why Ozone for this film. Yeah, yeah. But it is sort of uplifting, I, I find, in some points. It's, I mean, it deals with such horrible stuff. But the fact that the the characters in it manage to come to terms with it and do something positive is kind of mm-hmm. pleasing, even if what happened to them is unforgivable. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's a, a film worth checking out. Not as miserable as you'd expect it to be, given this topic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bit of a backhanded compliment here. <laughs> yeah. Also up on the, well, up near the top of my bubbling under list is uh, Rocket Man, which is basically Bohemian Rhapsody, but much better, uh, <laughs> and without most of the problematic elements in it. Um, yeah, uh, even though I've got almost no interest in Elton John, it's just a really entertaining story. Uh, it's really well told. Um, yeah, the musical numbers uh, work incredibly well, and uh, uh, yeah, it's just an awful lot of fun. Uh, well worth a look in if you've you know, a passing interest in the man's music. Yeah, pretty good. Which I don't. But yes. <laughs> um, I may watch anyway, so I haven't got around to doing so yet. Right, next one I'm going to talk about is a documentary, which I hadn't heard of at all until um, I floated the idea of a particularly depressing idea for a topic. <laughs> and Craig, for the time being, uh, nixed that by saying he was still recovering from Forsama. What is that, I wondered. And <laughs> looked it up and watched it, and yes, it's harrowing, but uh, very good. It's about... Uh, a journalist living with her husband and child in the middle of Aleppo during the Syrian civil war. Mm. And boy, is it bleak. <laughs> and it does not shy away from the bleakness at all. Now, I'll admit, I took a little while to get into it because it was, to a degree, one of those things when I thought, why would you put the camera down? Yeah. Because of the situations that were being filmed and just like feel maybe like they're in the way too yeah um, but as it went on I'm, I began to realise no this this is important this has to be documented mm-hmm. and it actually came out of this woman's reports coming out from Aleppo during the Civil War um, mm-hmm. and that actually that was vitally important for 
people in Serbia and just for the wider international community to learn about it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't shy away from anything, though. You know, the dead children, the multiple dead children, the bombs, the hardships. It's horrible, mm-hmm. but very, very worthwhile and very well made. Not not your happy, clappy Christmas film, though. So no. I wouldn't watch it like, <laughs> tomorrow if you're listening to this when it drops. Yeah, it's not very seasonal. <laughs> Just uh, well, to lighten the mood a bit, I'll, I'll pick Booksmart. Nothing particularly original in it, to be honest. It's a coming-of-age tale apart, unless it being told from a female perspective is somehow original, which um, I suppose, given the uh, sausage-centric nature of a lot of these kind of comedies can be, um, this is a somewhat different take. But crucially, uh, regardless of all that, it's just pretty funny. So, yeah, um, well worth looking to. Yeah, Booksmart's on my list too. I absolutely was not as blown away by it as so many people seem to have been. And I thinking, it's not that special. It is, however, funny and entertaining. Yes. Was it's, I don't quite see why people say it's such a special great film. It's basically female super bad. I said that at the time. I've not changed mm. my mind about that. But given that super bad is also funny, uh, I don't see why that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so don't buy into the hype, but it's a very entertaining and... Uh, Amusing film. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily going to put this in, but I think it will. Uh, again, it's another year, another multiple number of comic book films. Let's say I'll just put in my favourite comic book film of the mm. year. Uh, been a disappointing year in many ways, actually. Uh, oh, really? Captain Marvel was fine. Shazam was fine. But Spider-Man Far From Home, I found very entertaining. Mm-hmm. With the caveat that... It's got really big problems when the whole half of the population of the world died thing, oh, they're all back now, but nothing has happened. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There is a, a big fundamental issue underlying the film. <laughs> but on top of that, Jake Gyllenhaal's great. Tom Holland continues to be great. It's um, just a very entertaining film. Yeah. Um, and even has J.K. Simmons in it briefly. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I liked uh, Spider-Man for a moment off a lot. It would be, in fact, in general, the comic book crop this year I thought was pretty good. I didn't, I didn't mind it. Um, Captain Marvel was at, at best okay, um, but that aside, I, I found quite a lot to like in Aquaman and uh, Spider-Man, in particular, and Avengers Endgame. And I did see Shazam last week or something. I thought it was very funny indeed. So I, I thought it was a nice bit of levity to a, a, a genre that's could use taking itself a bit a bit less seriously sometimes. Was Avengers so, Endgame this year? Yes. I managed to have missed that going to this list. I thought it was last year. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I enjoyed that a lot um, also. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember it was last year, was it not, though? But I've still not seen it, so it it's, it's a moot point. But yeah, I've had a bit less luck um, than you, I guess, because I saw Dark Phoenix and it stinks. <laughs> but yeah, the, for me, it's still the Spider Man film is the, the best of the year. Yes, um, Aquaman. Why did I see that? Maybe it's because I think I, I think I wound up seeing Aquaman in Mexico. Maybe it got released in twenty nineteen over there or something. But anyway, uh, yes, it, it wasn't bad. So one deserves mention at least. I think um, Joker is an interesting film. I suppose also vaguely comic book related, although it doesn't really feel like it's got anything to do with very, comic books. Very vaguely. <laughs> yes, it's barely got anything to do with well, Joker really, or Batman. It's, yeah, it's kind of separate from. How that's been portrayed, at least in film. Yeah. The, the, the comics, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, 
don't want to legislate into it too much. They've already said it's a, it's basically an incredible central performance from Joaquin Phoenix and and some ancillary stuff that makes it kind of good. Um, it's the sort of project that you think could easily fly apart if it wasn't balanced exactly the way that it is, but somehow it's pulled it off. Surprisingly good, given where it's come from, what it's about. And yes, it's something... I I was as sceptical as anyone else when they mentioned what this was going to be, but somehow it's kind of worked and I'm shocked by it. Yeah, I think without Phoenix, it, it absolutely doesn't work. So, yeah. Yeah, as you say, it's got fantastic central performance and a really compelling third act that somehow manages to pull off the trick of convincing you the first two acts were much better than they actually were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of those films you don't want to think about because it doesn't really work that well as a world. Yeah, yeah. But uh, get Joaquin Phoenix is just is captivating in this lead role, so it yeah. kind of papers over a lot of the cracks. Yes, it's still a really good film, but this is I've almost filters into the disappointment category, and that's Toy Story Four. Right, because Toy Story Four is a very good film. But all the other Toy Story films have been great films. Yeah. And that's the the real problem. Uh, well, beyond the fact that it was entirely unnecessary as well. Yeah. Yeah. They, they need to stop going back to that well. However, it's still beautiful and extremely well made, as you'd expect from Pixar. And, yeah, it's very entertaining. Further stories of characters you love, that's great. Just kind of unnecessary and doesn't seem to have quite the magic that the other three films before it had. Mm. And also, rather undermines the impact of the end of Toy Story Three. Yes, yes, which is probably its biggest crime. Yeah, uh, I feel much the same way. It's sort of it's actually the next one on my list as well, and have the same complaints with you. It's a really good film, but yes, it just doesn't need to be there other than the need to make some more money. <laughs> it seems it seems like it doesn't have a strong story that it's trying to tell, certainly in the way that the first three Toy Stories did and ended so so clearly. And uh, But yeah, for all that, it's still a lot of fun, and uh, I'll take what I can get these days. Anyway, right, I, I think I'm pretty much done with the films that uh, I would call the best. There's a whole bunch of things that are kind of bubbling under stuff I think I'm just starting to get into Maybe just give you a rundown of that um, without any particular explanation behind it. If that's if you're in a similar kind of position, Drew. So I, know you want. Well, I only have one other film to mention at all. So <laughs> right, okay. Which was um, Asif Kapadia's Diego Maradona. Yes, that's uh, it's a really compelling documentary. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a documentary about Maradona that's good. There's not an awful lot to say about yeah. it, but <laughs> we did in a, a podcast a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, and that is the only other film I have noted down on the positive side of things. Nice. A little list of stuff that was, you know, to, to the kind of pretty good end of OK. That still, still recommend uh, catching up with a slot. Um, Diogo Maradona was on that list. Just because I don't think I've mentioned it, I don't think I can possibly get away with saying Shoplifters has anything to do with this year, but it was the year I saw Shoplifters in, and it's really good. So, uh, I was like, that. I actually go through my list, Scott. I looked at Shoplifters. I, like, I wonder if that maybe came out this year just so I could mention it because yeah. it's one of the best films I've seen in years. And it's yes. like, ah, no, it can't. So yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll mention it anyway, just because. Um, the rest of the stuff here um, that I've not mentioned already, uh, Mirai was a uh, fun little tale. Uh, mentioned that, mentioned that. And I know you're not a huge fan of this, the franchise, but I thought Lego Movie 2 was pretty decent. I, I uh, did not care for that. Although I, sorry, just, I'd somehow, Mirai's another one I've passed over. I really like Mirai. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I've managed to miss that and make him a little list. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes. I'd forgotten about that somehow. <laughs> and in terms of... Uh, uh, a fairly adequate uh, family adventure or somewhat better than adequate uh, The Kid Who Would Be King uh, was 
It was fun, fun enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't particularly impressed, but it was okay. Yeah. Um, things that perhaps a, but a Can You Ever Forgive Me uh, was no fun little tale as well. With another couple of strong central performances. The one with Richard E. Grant. Yes. And, That's uh, another one I've somehow managed to skip over going through <laughs> my list of stuff because I really quite enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. Really good character piece. Um, also say Fighting With My Family, which is the surprising WWE-based uh, wrestling. Yeah, the film about wrestling I thought was quite decent, yeah. so that was a big surprise for me. Yeah, um, lovely little family dynamic set up there. It worked quite well. Um, nothing particularly innovative in it, but still quite a lot of fun. More in the sort of interesting rather than actually truly good, but I did quite like uh, Alita Battle Angel, at least on some levels. Godzilla 2, certainly fine as well. Um, didn't mind that at all for a bit of kaiju action. Diego Maradona, of course, we mentioned, uh, just in terms of cinephile interest, the man who killed Don Quixote finally appearing um, does deserve at least some recognition this year, if nothing else. And something that's maybe a little bit of a disappointment, given who's in it, uh, Vice, uh, the Dick Cheney um, film with your uh, Christian, Christian Bale. Bale in it. Uh, yeah, um, not in the ultimate thing. Uh, I, I, I was hoping that would be one of the, the top candidates and it's just a, a good film. Um, yeah. Didn't actually blow me away, but certainly solid enough. I really liked that. Uh, so I really didn't like that, but um, I want to watch it again and I haven't got around to it yet. Because um, mm-hmm. I thought I would like it more than it and I kind of disliked it actually. So, mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why that is. It, there's lots in there that I ought to have liked, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, certainly troublesome to fully recommend, I think. But uh, yeah, it's so. Before we get on to the absolute worst of the year, is there any kind of particular disappointments um, that's come across your radar? Yes, and it's one you have just mentioned. In fact, um, not a disappointment in terms of how I've been looking forward to it because mm. I knew basically saw it all about it. Um, more just that I felt it didn't live up to its potential. Yeah, and that's Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, yeah. Um, or rather, Battle Angel Alita. Why did they change the name? It does not scan well <laughs> the other way around. Yes. Um, because I found the world so interesting. It is, isn't it? Yeah. You could do so much with the world. And then it squanders Christoph Fowles. It's um, the things that happen in the world make no sense at all. Ed Norton is in it for seconds. To be yes. there. Um, <laughs> completely pointless. Yeah. And the. Um, shies away from all the really interesting stuff to have a really, really boring and poorly acted teen romance between a robot and a tree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but peculiar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's the one we'll disappoint because there could have been so much interest in done in that world. Um, yeah. And Robert Rodriguez has done a really good job of making that world look good and feel interesting. There's so much clear history that could be going on there. Yeah. And then he dumps Twilight into the middle of it. Ugh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, a, a bit of a up with. Um, there's pro- I still say there's enough interesting stuff in the production design to kind of make it at least worth looking at. But yeah, it's, it's not great, as unfortunately is the case. Um, a couple of disappointments for me, more just in the sense that they were hyped up a lot, an awful lot, and I didn't get all that much from them. Although I don't think any of these are actually bad. Well, two in particular, A Star is Born and Green Book. Uh, which neither of which are bad films. Um, they're at, they're both fairly enjoyable and have lots to recommend in them. Uh, some decent performances and all that. But in terms of it being, both of those were being touted as either best of this year or last year candidates, and uh, that just thought they were okay. So yeah. that was a bit disappointing for for me at least. Yeah, um, a star was born too. It's like the the main character played by Bradley Cooper. He's not particularly a nice guy. Um, yeah, 
and also things that happen with the romance don't make an awful lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and beyond that, I don't really remember much more about that film. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps one other thing, just because the trailer was incredible, uh, Velvet Budsaw, and as it turns out, the actuality of it was not great, not dreadful, but not great either, which was a bit of a... Well, one of the few things I saw was immediately very excited by and was actually kind of immediately deflated by when I saw it not that long afterwards. So yeah, that's a bit of a, sh- bit of a shame. Yes, it was um, underwhelming, that. Yeah. Uh, and also stupidly named because the name has basically nothing to do with anything <laughs> in the film at all. True that. <laughs> Bar one minor bit at the end that was entirely inconsequential. <laughs> yes, so now do we get down to the, the actual bad stuff then? Yes, yes. Um, and I normally make a, a disclaimer of having of keeping horror films as being a separate ca- uh, category, but I've not seen anything this year that's truly dreadful that isn't a horror film, so um, I can't make that anymore. So, yes. Yeah, um, I, I assume it's the same horror film that I've got on my list under basically the same category, Scott. Yeah, well, I've kind of got... T- I've got three tied for it, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right. um, I, have, I have four films in this section. Um, hmm. I actually had Elite Battle Angel in there. Um, not so much as bad, just because it was such a big disappointment as we yeah. My worst film of the year, though, actually, isn't actually the worst film of the year in terms of filmmaking or anything, but it is the film that made me angriest. Um, <laughs> but I'll come to that. Right. But first of all, Midsummer. Ugh, what yeah. a crock. <laughs> I agree, yes. It's a terrible, terrible film. It lasts for three and a half hours, nothing happens in, it's not even vaguely scary, and it's just pointless, utterly pointless film. Yes, yes. I agree completely. Um, so let's just uh, we'll do the same kind of tag team of the worst ones. Um, again, this is another cheaty bit. Um, Bird Box came out late 2018 again, and it's dire. And it should be recognised as being dire. It's an awful idea and it's awfully executed. Uh, so stupid. That, that film is stupid more than yeah. it is bad. Yes. Uh, but yes, uh, heartily anti-recommend that. So, yes. <laughs> right. The, the next one is a film that... You and I had surprisingly quite different opinions on, um, mm-hmm. and far from a comment Craig made last week, uh, I think his um, was much more towards yours, maybe even more so than yours, mm-hmm. and that's Hobbs and Shaw, or The Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Right. And to be honest, I couldn't quite remember why I disliked it so much. So I watched it again. Good <laughs> I went back and listened to us talking about it a few months ago. Right. Um, and, and the quote of mine that... Um, comes back to me is I despise pretty much every minute of this film so <laughs> I guess yeah, I had quite strong feelings about yeah. it at the time it's just it's over long it makes no sense it's basically Skynet and the Terminator stuck into the Fast and Furious universe for reasons <laughs> um, I thought that the the Rock and Jason Statham back and forth was fine for the first couple of times he did it yeah, um, and I actually felt that they didn't believe that the film was really stupid, well, at least for not all of it anyway. Idris Elba's terrible, the film's annoying, it lasts way, way longer than it ought to, and F you, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And to put him in there. <laughs> Every moment that Ryan Reynolds is on screen in that film, my skin was itching and I was just wanting to drive needles into his eyes. And then, if there's that, all of that wasn't enough reason to hate the film, this film for no reason whatsoever, one month after the end of one of the most popular television <laughs> series in history, certainly in terms of hype and stuff, and you know numbers don't really count for HBO, certainly not nowadays, yeah. but 
gave away the ending of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Presumably out of spite and malice because there's no <laughs> reason for it to be in the film. And just in the middle of, right at the end of the film, I'm going to tell you how this incredibly popular thing ends. Yeah. And I hadn't seen the end of it yet. So <laughs> this film can go and die in a fire. Yeah. <laughs> you make a compelling case. I'm not going to argue against it too much. <laughs> uh, so I would simply move on to the film that I just could not be bothered with this year. And I don't really have the energy to hate it anymore, to be honest with you. But It Chapter 2, no thank you. Uh, <laughs> I thought It Chapter 1 was about. 90 minutes too long and this is just another three hours of stuff you really don't need and it's really bad and the CD's <laughs> awful and it looks stupid and everyone in it's an idiot uh, it's just annoying and it's it's almost purposefully bad uh, yeah just just a very very bad film and um, welcome yeah, even if you could find anything to like in it, chapter one, there's nothing to, there's nothing that of that that is brought forward to it, chapter two. So just just leave well alone. Yes, there was very very little I found to like in it, chapter one. So that's why I haven't even thought about looking at it, chapter two. Yes, very sensible. Like you told me the running time. Yes. <laughs> the next one I'm going to mention, it'll be very short. Men in Black International. Hmm. Just bad. Just straight up bad. Um, I can't believe that the same people that were the stars of that were the stars of Thor Ragnarok because mm-hmm. not only is there no chemistry between Chris Hemsworth and um, Tessa Thompson, it looks like they'd never met before <laughs> and hated each other on sight. It's it's an appalling film and utterly pointless. I've not catched, uh, caught up with that for the same reason that nobody went to see it in the first place, which was <laughs> who was crying out for another Men in Black film this year? Uh, yeah, puzzling decision to even made it in the first place. Yeah, that's a, a franchise of four films that should have had a film. Yes. <laughs> Very strange. Indeed. Um, I'm actually pretty much done with that, so... Okay, so I mentioned my worst film of the year then, so I alluded to earlier. Uh, yes, yes, go ahead. Which is The Farewell. Oh, yes, right. A, a film during which I was biting my lip and sitting my hands in the cinema because I just wanted to scream at the screen because of how <laughs> spectacularly unethical and immoral all of the characters' actions were. <laughs> and this has been presented as some sort of feel-good, funny family drama. And I'm like, no, every person on screen's a scumbag. <laughs> this is horrendous. You can't just lie to people about them dying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm so angry about it. It's, and I'm still so angry about it. It's so wrong. And, like, and I think I'm taking crazy pills because I'm not the only, people, the only person who seems to be bothered by it. Yeah, at some point I'm going to have to catch up with it just because it's it's clearly got your goat so badly and everyone else seems to think it's so it's so chirpy and happy and all that stuff. But um, I don't know if they're just going to... I don't know why they'd be giving it a free pass if it is as you describe. Not that I'm doubting you, but um, yeah... Peculiar, peculiar choice of actions in that film for a, a nominal comedy. Yeah, um, bizarre. So, yeah, again, in terms of acting and the filmmaking stuff, it's a fine film. But in terms of the actual content and the character's actions, it's just, I've f- seldom been so angry. <laughs> I mean, for instance, look at something like For Sama. Yes, I'm angry in that, but also most I'm just, I'm weary and sad. Yeah. And that's, you'd expect to be angry about that. Yes. What it's about. But <laughs> the farewell, light hearted family drama, comedy. No. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's an immoral, unethical thing where people lie to elderly people about them being dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, that film left a bad taste in my mouth and a deep indentation in my lip where my teeth were. Because <laughs> I didn't want to disturb the very full screening I was in by screaming at the screen. <laughs> All sorts of expletives. 
in many ways that's why Netflix has taken off so much you can scream at the screen as much as you like in the comfort of your own home without being <laughs> sectioned under the Mental Health Act so it's always good uh, I think that will wrap us up for today yes I, I believe so yes uh, so we shall be back uh, in short order with another podcast uh, but until such time if there's anything you would like to get in touch with us why not tell us what your favourite films of the year were and or your worst films of the year that would be something you could do you could do that on Twitter we're there at Fuzz on Film you could do it through Facebook at facebook.com slash Fuzz on Film or through email at podcast at Fuzz on Film dot com so I shall bid you adieu and I'm sure that the Root Half Dale shall do do fare thee well ta-da